This is Real Moms 2 Podcast. We are the podcast for the mom who is looking to connect with other relatable, empathetic, authentic, liberated moms. Welcome to your virtual mommy village. If you love what you hear, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you really, really love us, leave a comment. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Real Moms 2. That's T-O-O. Welcome everyone to your favorite mom friend podcast. I am Alana Park and I am Sia Chekwa. So many of you may or may not know, but November is National Adoption Month. And today we have decided to bring on a special guest, one of Sia's family members. Yes, she is my cousin-in-law and this is our first time actually talking. Well, not our first time, but in the interview, this is our most in-depth we've spoken because I haven't met her in person yet. But I'm so glad that she agreed to do the interview because it is bomb. You guys will enjoy it. You guys are going to love it. And if you are a mother, father, family member out there looking to become an adoptive parent, we this is the podcast episode for you to learn about it, um, pros and cons, and we hope you enjoy. We are here with a special guest, Ms. Chandra Anwuchekwa. Thank you for joining Real Moms 2 today. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here on the phone. Thank you. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Again, we know why we brought you on, but can you tell the listeners why you're here today? Yeah, I'm here to talk to you. I'm a real mom, too. Yes. I'm here to talk to you all about uh, being a real mom who's adopted. So I have adopted a child, my husband and I, and so that's what I'm here to talk about. So before we get into that, tell us a little bit about your upbringing and your backstory. So where are you from? How you became a mother or your husband, all that good stuff. How I met my husband, all that? Yep. Okay, sure. Um, I grew up in Austin, Texas, um, in your basic blackity black black family. (laughs) Um, Yeah, my family, you know, just regular black people. Um, grew up in Austin uh, with two-parent household. Um, I have two sisters, an older and a younger. Um, and I would say for the most part, my upbringing was fine. My parents, you know, instilled in us a lot of good morals and um, ethics um, and uh, stayed with them until I went off to college. And at that point, I met my husband. Um, I was working at a college ministry um and we met through a mutual friend and you know the rest of history we became fast friends and a year later started to date six months later got engaged six months later got married wow um, ended up yeah i know it was pretty quick <laughs> <laughs> um we ended up moving to atlanta where i now live with my husband and my daughter um because of his job, he works in ministry. And so we ended up moving here because of that and have been here for going on 11 years now. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's, That's the short, <laughs> the short version. <laughs> <laughs> so um, getting into the adoption story, what made you guys choose adoption? Yeah, I think we both 
as we were entering marriage, we both had a heart for adoption. It was something that we both always wanted to do in life. We felt, um, you know, being Christian and understanding, um, you know, what the Bible has to say about how Christ has adopted us into his family. We wanted to be a model of that in a real way um, for children and just learning, you know, statistics and um, different people's stories um, about children in the foster care and adoption system and mm-hmm. um, how that affects a person and their ability to relate to other people as adults. And um, we just really wanted to be kind of a solution to the problem. Um, I, you know, I hear a lot when I go to like adoption conferences and events that, um, you know, if one person from every church in America adopted a child, then the foster care system wouldn't exist or something like that. Um, and that just rang, you know, really close to home for us. And it was like, well, we can be those one people who adopt a child, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. That's, we always wanted to, but um, we didn't so, think that would be first. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned something, the adoption conference. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, there are a few adoption conferences, actually. Um, the one I'm referring to specifically is for, um, my mind always goes blank, but I can get to that information. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. Um, it was just, um, so I thought something was, I thought that was kind of interesting. I was just wondering if there are mothers or families who are considering adoption, is that something that they may attend or is it more so um, after you have um, an adoptive child? Yeah, those conferences typically are about, um, like, are for families who have adopted. Okay. Um, And, you know, it's just a way for the families or, you know, foster parents, but it's a way for those families to kind of come together um, under, you know, this umbrella of their experience and, you know, get to know other adoptive families and, you know, for foster parents have training opportunities because um, mm-hmm. we went our first conference we went um, when we were in the process of adopting and were able to hear like just some great speakers share yeah yeah um, just on like emotional connectivity with children who've been in the foster care system and things like that and so I mean I think it would be helpful for any person who's interested in adoption but um, I'm sure it could be just a simple google search it sounds like yes I'm trying awesome. to I'm trying to look now yeah sorry okay no you're fine um so you mentioned you what you it helped you through different process like the adoption process can you touch on what that process looks like and I know there's several different types of adoption and maybe which type of adoption you guys decided to go with yeah so initially we decided to go through the state and do this out I mean we've always wanted to just do outright adoption I don't think foster care was for us in that mm-hmm. it's it's a little high risk okay um, why do you say it's so, high risk for people that don't know yeah so when you're fostering um, the birth parents are still very much involved in some cases in the children's lives and you're in a sense a safe haven for that child while the parents are completing what's called services. And these are typically um, counseling or rehabilitation services for the birth parents in order to help them become uh, more fit to parent their children. Gotcha. And so 
um, a lot of the decisions on the well-being of regarding the well-being of the child are decided by a judge um, who, you know, at the end of the day, let's say the parent completes their services. You know, let's say you have an alcoholic parent whose child has been removed from the home. They complete their alcohol treatment or rehab. Then the judge would allow potentially the child to reenter their home. And so for us, gotcha. foster care was a bit risky and like, and when I say risky, I mean emotionally, because obviously I, you know, I, I read like right through any it. Child yeah. In your home. yeah. And so it's like, I, man, if we. And you get yeah, so you're worried. Are you like sometimes you may be a little worried, like, what if I get super attached to this child exactly. and I have to leave? Oh, yeah. So exactly. I could definitely see how that could be, um, you know, challenging for sure. Yeah. So we decided that was not for us. Um, and we went the initial like the straight up adoption. Initially, mm-hmm. we went through the state of Georgia. And I don't know, I can't speak to everybody's experience, but our experience with the state was not positive. Um, we had a lot of red tape to go through. The, the process was really unclear. Um, you know, like what was happening next or, you know, what we should be anticipating next. Um, none of that was of ever clear. A lot of uncertainty. And I think as you're trying to grow your family, no matter how you're trying to do that, you want to have as much information as possible. And I think that's what we were lacking with the initial process going with the state of Georgia. Um, but then, and we spent, we started our adoption process with the state in February, 2011. And I think we ended our process with the state of Georgia in April, 2016. Oh, wow. Not, yeah. And we had not adopted success or had a success, a successful adoption. So it was a long journey. So um, wow. So what were some of the challenges that you faced um, yeah. that made it take so long? That's a long time. Yes. Yes. Um, well, one thing is when you're going through the state, most of the children are um, older, so you wouldn't necessarily receive you know, be presented with um, a child who's, you know, newborn or even a few months old. Like most of the kids in the state system are older um, because they are coming from that foster care situation where the parent lost custody and then the foster parents had them for however long and maybe the rights of the birth parent were terminated and now the child is um, available for adoption, but the birth parents maybe can't handle that or don't want to adopt them. And so um, the children are a little older and there's just a lot of nuances um, with that. So when the child becomes available for adoption, um, if they hadn't been previously placed with a family member, then the family members have the right to like come and, you know, try and adopt the child themselves. And so mm-hmm. we had a lot of like last minute swoop-ins where it was like, oh, oh this wow. is looking promising. We might get to meet this child. And then an, an aunt from like a different state would come and like mm-hmm. gain custody of the child. So it, it was just challenging in that like, I mean, in, in either process, there's no real guarantee, but it's just more difficult when your hopes are, you know, you, when you get your hopes up multiple times, just to be let down. So, wow. so um, what, and I, 
I want to apologize if the question comes off insensitive, so just bear with me. <laughs> um, okay. Did you guys know you wanted to adopt a baby or did you kind of, were you open to yeah. all no, ages? We were or? open. We were open. My mom, she had me um, at a younger age. She gave birth to me when she was 22. Mm-hmm. And so I always said, like, as long as I'm about the age that my mom was, you know, like, or as long as the child is the age, basically the age difference between me and my mom, gotcha. I feel comfortable with that. So, mm-hmm. like, let's say it was an eight-year-old child. I mm-hmm. had to think, oh, well, then I need to be at least 30 if I'm adopting an eight-year-old child. Um, oh, so the mature is, it, was it something like you just felt? Like that was a good age maturity wise and being able to like be handle an older child. Yeah, I think it was mostly just, you know, like having that model, like my mom, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. she gave birth to me. She was raising me on her own until she met my stepdad. And so it was like, oh, well, if my mom can do it at 22, then, you know, yeah. that age difference seemed, it just seemed normal to me, I guess, maybe. Yeah. So, so. you decided that you weren't going to go with the state. And right. after four or five years, whew, bless y'all. Yeah. So then what was the process <laughs> from there? Yeah. So we, we took a break um, for a good while um, because, you know, just prior to our break from, you know, seeking an adoption, um, we were going through infertility treatments um, mm-hmm. and, that that was kind of like the the final push uh, to get us down the road of adoption is because we have what's called unexplained infertility, and mm. um, uh, it's just basically like you know everything is functional it just doesn't work together. <laughs> Makes sense. So, yeah. And so um, was that? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So was no, that? For it. For was it. that? Um, the infertility treatments occurring at the same time you're going through adoption or there were separate yes. periods? Okay. Yes. So we were just basically of the mind of the mindset, just like we will, we're just going to go down all the roads. We'll try every avenue and whichever the Lord brings to us first, that's the road that we'll take. Gotcha. Um, but we had um, three failed rounds of IUI um, and we were, you know, our doctor consulted us on, um, in vitro fertilization, but we have our own um, personal beliefs about that. And so we decided off the bat that that was something that we were not interested in. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so we had the failed rounds of IUI and then my husband's brother passed away suddenly and oh, wow. the emotional toll of um, the adoption process, I think just put us at this point where we were like, we just need to take a break. And so we did. And I think it was the best thing for us in our marriage and emotionally and mentally, you know, as individuals. So how long did you take a break and what made you guys decide to go ahead and start the adoption process again? Mm -hmm. So we took a break for probably about a year. So that was 2015. And we, yeah, and we started thinking about it again, like, summer like late summer of 2016 and it was actually a funny story a, a woman that I met who's now one of my closest friends um, I met her probably three years prior to meeting her this one time and we had tried to get lunch and try to schedule there and try you know like how it just mm-hmm. sometimes doesn't yeah. work out and then finally it works out 
you know, kind of around the time that we start talking about adoption again and come to find out she's gone from one adoption to at the time three adoptions and is like a super advocate for, you know, adoption and all these things. And so she's, we meet and she's telling me about her stories and how, you know, what her process has been like. And honestly, as she was describing her experience, it was like night and day. I was like, okay, wow. Wow. How is it that easy? You know, because no, we have not had that. I was thinking road. it for you. I'm like, man, here you all <laughs> yeah. were waiting five yeah. years, and this woman, and not to say it like that, but this this lady was able to find three children. You know, three, three. So, yeah. what does she and do so, differently, or what does she tell you to do differently? Yeah, yeah. So she actually went the private adoption route. Okay. Um, which we never, it was never on the table for us because of the financial piece. Okay. Um, a state adoption will, will cost anywhere between zero and five grand. Mm-hmm. And a private adoption will cost you anywhere from 23 to 30, maybe $40,000 if you're Ooh, adopted Lord. internationally. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and so for us, given that my husband was in ministry and, you know, yeah, it, it just was not an option for us, or at least we didn't think it was. And mm-hmm. so after having some conversations with this friend of mine, um, I just began to understand like, oh, this is a feasible thing. Like this could happen, Yeah, you know, just with some strategic planning and like forethought, like we could make this happen. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so we went the private adoption route um, and we started in September and by April, we were meeting our daughter. Wow. So, That's wonderful. So yeah, by April 2017. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. To um, back, t- take a couple steps back. What is the, what are all the fees? Like, what is that going to, for those that yeah. don't know, like what, cause I mean, that's a big, that's a big price difference. So what are yeah. we actually looking at and what are, what is the money going towards throughout the process? Yes. Yeah, so I think one of the primary things that our agency specifically um, allocates money toward is um, the health and well-being of the birth parents God. and not just medical expenses. But I know in yeah, unison, we're like, oh, because you hear that you hear people say it all the time, like foster care, they're going to pay me and adoption. i got to pay them, you know, and so exactly. we never think about it, like the whole well-being of the child, whether you have to take care of mom, if you're going to. That, that is, exactly. I, I feel like such a dummy. You said it's not just um, health costs, though. Medical no, costs. it's not just health costs. It's not medical costs. So a lot of that money does not go towards medical costs because a lot of the birth moms are able to uh, have medical assistance through programs like Medicaid and, you know, things like that, like public assistance. Mm-hmm, and okay. so it's not for your, like, doctor's visits per se. It's more toward, like, the mental and emotional well-being of the birth wow, parents. Um, beautiful. Uh, during the adoption process and post. So our agency specifically meets with birth parents during their birthing process they have one-to-one connection with um, a social worker who assists them through the process and then we also have an advocate who helps us as well so you know it's not like we're just out here floating through life on our own there's somebody to walk with us 
and explain the process to us and, you know, give us context for what we're experiencing. And then our agency also does post-adoption services for birth parents and for adoptive parents. So that's where the money goes towards. It's that's just, awesome. That is really awesome. Yeah, I literally that, just paid a therapist $80 for an hour. You know, so I know this stuff can though. add up quick. <laughs> that I'm makes looking, perfect sense. And it also sounds like this process, you get more support. Not, I guess handholding wouldn't be the word, but you actually get someone that walks you through the process. So, you, so you're yeah. not blindsided. Is right. I'm the same way please hold my hand <laughs> so it makes more sense why there's more fees so about like what about like the legal side is the fees cover that as well yeah. okay so they don't okay. um but it but that's what I think of when I roll in like that large number is like oh mm-hmm. you have to pay to finalize your adoption you have to pay for like um you know, name changes, birth certificates, like all those small yeah. expenses mm-hmm. that people have normally, like you, you would have to pay for a birth certificate. Oh yeah, for you, sure. Yep, your birth sure baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like things like that, um, but our legal fees, we were able to get donated to us through an adoption grant. And so wow. there are things like that. You can like apply for grants to help fund your adoption, but you're not going to get the whole thing funded. Mm-hmm. So okay. let's just, it'll be like a few hundred dollars here or a couple thousand dollars there. But I mean, every little bit helps. Everything. So how did, yeah. you know, you mentioned that your husband is in ministry. So you guys mm-hmm. were a little nervous about the finances. What are, what ways um, were you all able to maybe raise the money? I know some people do fundraises. And yeah. then I hear stories of people pulling out a second mortgage on their home. So I was just yeah. curious to know what you all decided to do. Yeah, so we don't really believe in debt. We try to live debt free. Praise so God. we refuse to take out a loan. <laughs> we refuse to take out a loan. She said, let me repeat um, that twice. <laughs> For the people in the back. <laughs> For the people in the back, yes. And then um, we had some friends who were just really kind, and they did a, um, was it a Kickstarter or something like that? You know, one of those little website things where you raise oh, money like a gofundme um, kind of mm-hmm. a go, that's what it was it was a gofundme <laughs> i know you know what those have slowed us. down a little bit people were getting gofundmes for a little bit of everything at Girl, one point people are now they're abusing it <laughs> they were <laughs> they're they're bad. i was like seriously y'all come on <laughs> but that's beautiful but, so a friend did that for you all yeah but then that i mean oh, i think we only raised like eight thousand doing that Wow. Um, That's still a lot. And yes, it's a lot, but it wasn't. It it wasn't wasn't enough. Compared to what y'all needed, though, you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, this is so great. Like, thank you. Um, (laughs) And I'm so grateful for it. I'm like, you know, we send those people, you know, our little Christmas card thing or whatever, you know, to keep them updated because they're part of our lives. They helped us to grow our family. So. Yeah. Um, but the how we really funded it was the generosity of a family who believed in African American families adopting African American babies. Mm. Um, and I was telling Sia this when we chatted the other day. It was just that um, in our agency specifically, about ninety-ish percent of the birth moms are African American. And more often than not, they are asking for birth parents who look like them or who Mm -hmm. will look like their children. Mm -hmm. But when we went through our process, we were one of two African-American families in our agency. Wow. Wow. 
So basically, so, there's not enough diversity no. in the adoption no. process. Right. Well, wow. one yeah. of two. Do you know about how many one other families were maybe searching for? I'm just curious. Like, was it like, uh, like two out of the hundred? <laughs> just you know, I don't know what that number. Yeah, like. I don't know how however many adoptive mm-hmm. families they had at the time. But I do know we were one of two. That's a specific, yeah. I do know. And I mean, whether it was two of 10 or two of 500, like yeah. the fact that a birth mom is, you know, 90%. She, she desires the cultural connection for her yeah. child and can't get that. Like that's, you know, that's a hard thing. That's so sad. So, to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so we're, yeah, I'll let y'all keep that. <laughs> no. So, um, <laughs> Now you decide to go through the private adoption process and you are mm-hmm. raising money through all this time, you know, during this time mm-hmm. period. And um, so do you meet the mom and does it like, I guess um, I'm like the matching out, process. Yeah, how does that part? Thank you. That's oh, the, the matching process go? Yeah. So basically they make you create what's called a profile book. And it's like a little book that you can go on like, you know, Snapfish or someplace and like, you know, those cute little photo books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just you make like 15 of those mm-hmm. and they basically, but then the, your social worker advocate takes uh, those books with them to meet with birth moms who are interested um, in making an adoption plan and they just look through your book. And that's how they make their decision based on the information that you provide about yourself and your support system and your community. Hmm. Um, wow. So you're um, basically selling yourself and then they're choosing. Well, you. they're selling. Well, no. And that's the good thing is like uh, when we went through the state, that's how we felt. It was like, oh, my gosh, we have to be like competitively selling like our wow. family, is, like a good family. But with this, it's literally just like here are all these wonderful families that we know are wonderful. Oh. you just make the choice that feels best to you and yeah. some birth moms once they make the choice they will say I want to meet with the birth parent and so some people have had the experience where they get to meet the birth mom before she gives birth some people I mean some birth moms don't make an adoption plan until they actually give birth in the hospital and then you know the birth parents will meet them there but um, unfortunately we did not have the opportunity to meet our birth mother um so you said, unfortunately, uh, okay, I was going to ask, you sound like you yeah. want to. Okay. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. To have a connection, you know, have my, allow my child to have a connection to her history. Like, that's really important to me to know, like, your history and your family and, like, where you come from. You know, all those things yeah. are important. Like, and so I really wanted her to be able to have that. And so I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying this, but we actively uh, check, you know, social media and the internet for her birth mom just to see if there's any connection out in the world. And we've, we haven't been successful, but um, yeah, I want wow. her to be able to have that one day. So was that part like closed for the adoption? So you won't have that yes, information? So okay. That is okay. what you call the closed adoption. I, and, I mean, there are you know, various levels. Yeah, there are various levels. So there's open adoption where birth parents and adoptive parents make a plan and they say, hey, this is how often we want to meet. I know my friend, particularly the one I was telling you guys about, she has a great relationship with one of her birth moms. Wow, um, that's wonderful. And 
you know, they text and, you know, talk and see each other often. She sees the kids often. She was at one of her kids' birthdays not too long ago. So, I mean, you have that and you have our situation and you have everything in between. So, So was that choice left up to the adoptive parents or the birth parents? Both. Okay. So you specify during the process whether or not you want to have an open adoption or how open you want the adoption to be. And then so does the birth parent. So we were wide open and she was not. (laughs) So how has motherhood been now that you are, you said uh, 2017, so two years? Yeah, two and a half years. (laughs) Were you there when she was born or? No. So we actually met her four days after she was born. We heard, we learned about her um, the day after she was born, but um, we weren't selected to be her parents until the day we met her. Wow. And as soon as we found out, I think we found out at noon on a Monday and we were driving to see her by like one thirty. Drop <laughs> everything now. It's time to go. Yeah, so what was that experience like? Yeah, I think the Saturday we, we found out about her, it was exciting. It was like, ooh, there's a baby. This is our first, you know. So we, we're a rare case in that the first adoption profile we were sent, which is basically like, here's the information on the birth mom. Here's the baby and how much they weigh and like all the, those things. Like here's some, you know, special things to know, you know, like mental issues, health issues, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, our first profile was our adopted child. So we're a rare case in that way. But um, yeah, I remember getting that. I was, I was at brunch with a friend on Saturday. I get an email from and multiple phone calls from our advocate. And she's just like, are you interested? Are you interested? And I'm like, yes, let me talk to my husband. I call him and he's like, yeah, tell them to go ahead and show our profile books. And so she's like, okay, well, we, we won't be able to get down there and show the books until Monday. But again, we're in a pool of people who are saying yes to this child. Yeah, wow. And so, you know, at at the time, we didn't know much. We just knew it was a girl and she was born on this day and she was born prematurely. So she was in the NICU. Mm. And by Monday at noon, we were her parents. (laughs) That's wonderful. Okay, so you found out on a Saturday while you're eating brunch that you're about to have a baby, basically. Right. Possibility. Well, that I could potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in the running to have a. So I was, you know, listening to some other podcasts about moms or parents and families who adopt, and and she she mentioned that they're rushing to Target now because they're like, I need to buy some baby stuff. I don't have any baby items. Yeah, and I, you know, we would have been that way. Um, and here's here's the cool thing about our story is. Okay, so not that she was in the NICU, but we didn't have to rush off and buy anything because she was in NICU. She wasn't even wearing regular clothes when we met her. She Mm. couldn't fit anything. Um, I mean, even her little creamy diaper was way too big on her. She was so small. But, you know, she was in the hospital. It was supposed to be two months. It ended up being three and a half weeks. She was a strong girl, so she fought really hard. Um, and met all her milestones and got out of the hospital on a Friday. On that Saturday, we had already planned because we were in the process of adopting. My friends had planned a shower. Oh, 
And so she was able to attend her shower oh my Saturday. It was like home. a little yeah, meet and greet so too. It was, yeah. So every, you know, I took people up to see her while she was sleep on the bed, and she's <laughs> a little nugget, like four pounds, literally wow. four pounds. Um, and so it was just really sweet and cool, like the timing of the Lord and how He just orchestrated everything to work so well together. So we didn't really have to buy anything, though. Wow, that's a blessing for sure. I did want to just go back a little bit, and we are getting close yeah. to time, but I, we, I did want to go back to the um, how you paid for it. I mean, I know we talked about mm-hmm. the GoFundMe. I guess the mm-hmm. just for any parents out there that are trying to consider doing this, how did you fill that gap to oh, 20 yeah. something so, plus thousand? Yeah, there was a, a family. Oh, I'm sorry. You did say it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. No. And I'm glad you brought that back up, though, because I mean, that's something that we now have a heart for understanding like that it is so expensive and understanding that there is a desire for birth moms of color to have uh, adoptive families that look like them. My husband and I, we are in process of starting a foundation that supports advocate for and funds adoption for African-American families to adopt African-American babies. So that's beautiful. Um, Do you guys have a yeah, name yet? So our, Go ahead and shout it out. We don't have a name yet, but okay. I will email you and send yes. you all the marketing. For sure. <laughs> but the goal is, yeah, the goal is to, in a similar way, provide um, support and um, mentally and emotionally support each other and like do it in a cohort style so that they don't feel like they're alone and not just give them a grant for $500 because that ain't gonna do nothing right but to actually be able to raise the funds to you know fully fund their adoption so wow that's the hope (laughs) that's that's really dope so when you are ready to launch that let us know and we will definitely share it plug it tweet it post it so that people can have the information and resources they need so before we get into the quick rapid fire mommy questions, um, mm-hmm. lastly, like what's beyond this grant that you guys are starting? Like what's your motherhood journey looking like? What is the next plan for your family? Do you feel like you want to add? Are you done? Like what is what is going on next? Yeah, my husband and I, we are uh, doers. You know, we, we do a lot. Um, and so right now, mommyhood looks like trying to balance all that we do with, you know, caring for our daughter. Um, and so we hope to add to our family soon, like maybe in the next year. Um, awesome. But we realize with some things coming up on the horizon, we probably need to take our time okay. and um, plan that out a little better and the good thing is that we can plan and we can say you know hey we'll wait five more months yeah um so yeah that's the the thing right now all right so we're gonna get into our rapid fire questions and all you have to do is reply with your first thought or word that comes to your mind okay ready okay (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> it, it won't be bad, I promise. So who is a woman or mother that has been the biggest inspiration for you? Yeah. No, there's just so many. No, really, there's so many. I think 
Um, from a parenting standpoint, watching my friends, all my friends, they got married like shortly after we did, but they all had children like shortly after they got married and just watching them like, uh, excel at, you know, being a mom and a wife and like loving their family as well, um, has been like a huge inspiration to me. And like, I've done a lot of practice in parenting and a lot of tips and advice and helpful stuff. Okay. What's your best piece of advice you've received since becoming a mom? Ooh, that two, I have two. One, that uh, the Lord loves my child more than I do or more Ooh, than I ever good. will. That is a good one. Um, we, we brought our daughter home. She was four pounds. Like I said, she was super fragile. Um, it was a very scary thing to have to like, you know, she just had special things that she needed because she was just so small. And it was scary to bring her home. And I remember like crying, you know, in this older woman's arms that we're friends with. And she was just like, you don't have to worry because God loves her more than you do and more than you ever will. And that's just something that's always stuck with me. It's like, whenever I feel fearful or nervous about something, it's like, okay, well, God's got her, you know? So that's one. And then two, um, my child is a human and she's not a pet. She's not a robot. And so <laughs> I have to leave room for her to be human and like develop her own personality and not try to control her, um, but to lovingly guide her toward who she's becoming. So yeah, those are probably the two best pieces of advice I've received. That's a good one. Uh, favorite self-care ritual? Ooh. A nice long bath. <laughs> <laughs> and it usually happens really late. <laughs> What's your favorite mommy tool, hack, or or piece of advice that you would give to a new mommy? Carry your baby. <laughs> That's a good Carry one. your baby. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. And by, by carry, I mean like, you know, use wraps or you know baby oh, carrier oh you didn't know <laughs> i didn't understand i'm like like walk around the house no no with no. Your arm. <laughs> no 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 carry them like carry them yeah. like hold them close baby to wearing you. baby wearing there you go that's the proper terminology <laughs> <laughs> but yeah baby wearing i think it really helps uh the child like the bond between the mom and the child it really helps your baby to feel more secure it gives them more warmth and they cry less i mean there's just so much you know so many benefits to yeah. it. And you cannot spoil a baby. So, hello, listener. You cannot <laughs> yes. spoil a baby. Say Amen. that one again for the people in the back. <laughs> you can't spoil a baby. <laughs> so, last question before we end. What's one thing you wish you knew before you became a mom that nobody told you? That you can't do it perfectly. Amen. Mm. That's good. And this is why we have yeah. this podcast. Yeah the show like none of us are perfect we're still moms and you're doing it just the way you were supposed to do it okay (laughs) yes exactly as long as you're doing it with the right intent and with love do all things with love amen yeah but you can't do it perfectly Mm -hmm. right well thank you so much for sharing your story i'm sure you will help so many women thank you for coming on the show and being our first interview this season yes you have been a joy to speak with yes (laughs) I'm so glad that I could do this. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for coming on. So 
if you if people want to find you or email you i know you're private so if you want we could even you can they could email us or if you have somewhere that that they want to ask questions definitely this is your time to shout it out or if there's an organization that you think they should reach out to this would be a good time to shout that out as well yeah so i would say bethany christian services if you're looking to adopt um i am private but if you dm me on insta Sandra <laughs> O, that's S H A W N D R A O H. And tell me that you heard this podcast and that you have questions. I will respond. All right. O H. <laughs> you, you low key a buck, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> Your texting no. friends are not going to be happy about that. <laughs> I'm like, no. You know, the one without the H was taken. So you know, you got to put together. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Chandra. We appreciate you for coming on. That's all we have for today. I am Alana Park. I'm Sia Chekwa, and this is Real Moms 2. Thank you all for tuning in. If you're a new listener, we hope you enjoyed your first Real Moms 2 episode. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for continuing to go along on this journey with us. Yes, thank you. If you would like to continue the conversation... Join us in an email chat and email us at <laughs> therealmom2 at gmail.com. Thank you, co-host. The real I, mom. I always mess that up. But yes, <laughs> thank you. At gmail.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and lastly, we have a special announcement. We will not have an episode the week of Thanksgiving. So we'll miss you all but happy thanksgiving (laughs) from real moms to happy turkey day thanks guys